You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a very special, very retro edition of GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. I'm joined by Sam Claiborne. What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? What's up, everybody? Jared Petty. Bleep, bleep, bleep. We're here to talk about the 100 greatest console video games, or so it is decreed by author Brett Weiss in his new book of the same name. He must be British. Well, um, see, right. we thought, because there are actually a lot of obscure British games on this list, but uh, Jared did some research. He's yeah. actually a Texan. Yeah, Texan, Brett okay. Weiss is, and he, he speaks, and I think he may be a native Texan or been there a while because he speaks with a drawl. I saw a YouTube video of Well, then he's, he's very familiar with British games. Yeah, yeah, he seems to, to be well acquainted. Or with games them. that were more popular in Britain. I will say, uh, I'm glad you invited me, Damon, because I'm uniquely suited to be part of this conversation, having written a top 400 games of yep. all time list myself. <laughs> it's a masterwork. It's available and on IGN.com. <laughs> this, this, we all did top lists. Though, yeah, right? we, did, we did. Yeah. So, what? How many did you do? I did thirty-six because I was thirty-six at the time. Okay. Oh, very cool. I did sixty-seven, and it was an interactive adventure game. And you're now sixty-eight years old. So uh, yeah, I am sense. sixty-eight years old. That's why mm-hmm. I did it. Yeah, yeah. This One list in particular is is not of all time. This is the hundred greatest console games from nineteen seventy-seven to eighty-seven. So that decade there. And console games. Console video games. So no yeah. PC games, no arcade games. Which is one of the weird ports. Well, that's one that of the weird things about this list. Yeah, because like. Lots of ports of arcade games. I counted between 49 and 50, depending on how you count it, the games in this book are arcade ports. So it's it's very strange. And let uh, us be fair here. There's some really good arcade ports absolutely. and some really stinky ones. <laughs> there are a few stinky yeah. ones in there, but there's a lot of good ones. And, and stinky uh, ports of the same game to another system, like the Coleco Donkey Kong versus the Atari Donkey Kong versus the Nintendo Donkey Kong. And I guess that was just an effort to be encyclopedic for him there. I, we can't actually believe he really liked Atari Donkey Kong, can we? I mean, I... I uh, 
you know, we, we, Gary Kitchen's a friend of, of IGN here, yeah, and he, he, did, he did the best he could, but they would not allow him <laughs> yeah. to have enough ROM on that cartridge to create the whole game. Uh, he yeah, did some technical kind of issues. Yeah. We should know. We're not here to, like, tear apart no. uh, this list or this we book or anything. We just thought games. this would be an interesting discussion to have. Absolutely. The list goes alphabetically, so oh, that's right. why we start with Adventure, released in 1979 for the Atari 2600. Uh I don't know how well this game holds up, though. Oh, people, I okay. People talk about it still being well, fun. I just played it recently. Fists, fists are up. Okay, fists are up <laughs> right now. Uh, I I think Adventure is is a wonderful video game. If this whole list were just one through a hundred Adventure, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it really is. I believe we use the word genius too much. It's a work of genius. Yeah, uh, by he, Warren Robinette. Right. Uh, who took who took a text adventure game and was like, you know what? If I take this this no graphics written description of rooms idea, how do I transcode into that something you play with a joystick and a button? And he comes up with the idea of creating a, a symbolic space to move around in instead of rooms that are described it's rooms you move through instead of objects in your so, inventory it's but, symbolic let, objects let me slow you down there Jared now Damon's point was that it doesn't hold up ah, and okay so and I like, is have, it fun to play I have today played recently and it, it has the same amount of like ob- obscure uh, or obtuse puzzles to solve that uh, some game like you know PC uh, text games from that mm. era would have. So it is a little confusing. Um, but you do, it is pretty easy just to run around and explore. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you do a lot of exploration on one screen, but that turns into mazes. So I, I do like stuff like that. Like screen to screen, there's a couple like little maze patterns you have to solve. And uh, it, it is totally playable. It's like, for instance, like comparing that to E.T., um, which I'm not just bashing as a bad game. Yeah. Like E.T. is a similar type of game. You have to find something, drag it somewhere, find something, drag it somewhere, mm-hmm. go to the right places. This game like teaches you how to play it much better. But mm-hmm. the reason Adventure holds up beyond those things, and I think you're correct about all of that, is level three. Adventure has three settings. The third setting randomizes the appearance of all the objects, which leads to almost infinite replayability. They're always in an order that will allow you to solve the game, but they're never in the same place. You can mm. keep going back to it. So if you it turn, has replayability. It, yeah. it does, and I used it as a teaching tool in Japanese classrooms uh, when I was in Japan for kids that had never seen it. You know, It mm-hmm. didn't come to Japan as far as I'm aware, and certainly these high school kids had never seen it, and they would beg to play it. Mm. Uh, they, they got really hooked on the puzzles and, and running away from the duck dragons. I think there's <laughs> something to it still. So. Yeah, one thing that holds up is the ducks. Yeah. Yeah. They're still They're really still... scary. <laughs> yeah, and it's the dragon. A... If you haven't played Adventure, the dragon looks a lot like a duck. He does. Yeah, absolutely. All three of them. My uh, memory of it is playing it as a kid at like my cousins or something, and wandering around but not being able to figure anything out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... That, I I had that experience too. And when I played it again, I can't remember if I'd read something about it ahead of mm-hmm. time. But I put when I played. I, it again, I, did, I just put it in, in the office the other day. Mm. Like it was really recent, and I just went around, got the key, went to the next place, got the key. You know, I was just doing just fine with it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty intuitive. You pick it up pretty quick. Still, the stupid bath though. Ugh. In 2012, Time Magazine said Adventure is possibly the greatest game ever written for the Atari 2600. Written. Mm-hmm. You did write oh, games. Interesting. Back then. I've yeah, written some games myself. Have you? Yeah. And yeah, you because you used to get a book, and then you'd have the game code in the book. Yeah. And, and then, basic, and then you just type it into your computer. And if you had a, a disk, you could save it on that. But otherwise, you just have to make yeah, Space Invaders. I remember yourself. having like getting a hold of a book like that with friends when I was a kid, but I didn't have a computer, so I would just like read about the games you could That's write. So for, cool. For a long time, that was sad. the yeah. that was the only way to play Crossroads to Pandemonium, one of the finest games in the Commodore 64. It came out in Computes Gazette that way, and yet it was machine language. That's it wasn't even basic on that mm. one. It was machine language, but man. If you did it, what a great game. All right, number two on this list is Air Sea Battle, which is uh, another game for the Atari 2600, uh, probably a launch game yeah, or a, yeah, yes. available very yeah, near. This, this is about showing off how the various uh, 
how how one cartridge could have a bunch of different things on it, and yeah. they're all variations of pong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, no, there's well, these are shooting well, combat, games. Combat, right? I should yeah, say. Com- yeah, these combat. are more like variations of combat. Top to bottom, a screen yeah. shoot. My dad and I played this a lot when I was sure. a kid. My dad and, so, and me too. Yeah, so I've played a lot of. Oh, really? Really? Mm-hmm. Your dad and you played mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Bringing fathers and sons yep, together. Yeah, played this and combat. My together. dad refused to play video games. Oh, all video games? He tried Tetris once. Huh. Hmm. How'd that work out? He thought it was interesting. Okay. And he went back to translating Greek. Yeah, there are 20, <laughs> 27 variations of the air sea battle on this one cartridge. And they're all like fixed screen shooters, basically, right? Yeah, and it's all, it's all single accurately. screen. There's no scrolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's a lot of one and two player stuff. A lot of co- There were both co-op and competitive modes in the game. It's really a neat game. Um, you place the strengths of the Atari 2600, lots of vertical rows of things happening so you can duplicate objects. Uh, the sound effects are kind of neat. It's kind of a beep, beep kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's really neat. This is one of the, the really early Atari games had the really blocky graphics. And oh, so yeah, I think it's really sure. funny. Like the, It looks like each pixel is like a, you know, a quarter inch big, but yeah, that's not really how it was. It's we're like, was we're looking at a screenshot here. I just love the like gradient of the background like yeah, of the air getting darker a purple gradient yeah. in the background and that was one of this it's one of the cool. strengths of the 2600 hardware were creating those gradients so you'd see that a lot in games but that's the first so one i, I remember using so i didn't have to program that well. in basic i remember oh, doing yeah? that yeah nice. you program target font or uh, Gr- gradient just stupid oh, gradient gradient colors okay. <laughs> like the whole screen would just cycle through colors did you ever make venetian blinds <laughs> The number three is a game I'm not familiar with, and they unfortunately don't have a screenshot here. Antarctic Adventure. Yeah, it looks like a Pengo mm-hmm. knockoff. For the uh, no, ColecoVision. I, it's not, actually. It's not a Pengo knockoff, although it looks like it. From, I've played this. Uh, so this was on the MSX as well as the ColecoVision, hmm. and I played it on a Sega Saturn collection of Konami oh. games for the MSX. It so is a, it's yeah. Konami, though? It's a Konami game, yeah, and it's really yeah, good. Wow. It's originally developed by Konami, and or published by Konami in Japan, at least. And it is a I great mean, little game. It's a running from behind, like you're seeing over the penguin's shoulder, and he's running and dodging objects. It's uh, it's fun. It's, it's kind of like a 3D world runner with a penguin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's fun. The box says, free map of Antarctica included. Are, is there music coming through the walls? They're capturing video? something in the capture bay next okay, door. Okay, forgive me for being confused. Yeah, okay, okay, so anyway, so 3D, what, what's included? A free map of Antarctica. Well, I that, wonder if that's, that's a joke awesome. and it's a white piece of paper. That would be, that be the be best. Pretty good. That, that would be, be the best. Pretty good. Why it made the list, it's challenging, fun, and irresistibly cute. Antarctic Adventure appeals to gamers of all stripes, from young kids to grizzled racing fans willing to give it a chance. It is it, really cute. Was, when the penguin falls down, he's like... You guys got to remember, back then, the uh, the war for the best penguin game was just starting to heat up. Yeah, so, for uh, sure, yeah. So Konami was taking on Sega directly with Pango. What is the best penguin game? Pango. I like Pango. Pango, Pango. It, has, it plays In the bootlegs, it plays popcorn in the background. But what's... I'm going to go for Binary Land. Did you know that? I mean, I don't remember that, but I know that song, the, that our tune. Our bootleg of Pango, we have like yeah. a bootleg uh, uh, card of Pango here, and uh, it plays that. It's really That's cool. amazing. What's, what's the Penguin game? I think it's an arcade game where you're behind. It's like a, it's like a. Space Harrier, but he's like running through the Antarctic and that's dodging it. stuff. That, that's it. Oh, that's yeah. Antarctic Adventure. That's Antarctic okay. Adventure. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, I, I've played that somewhere then. Yeah, it's like 3D World Runner with penguins. Yeah. It is really. Yeah, I like uh, I like uh, Binary Land, which is the Famicom uh, penguins meeting in the middle game. If no you play that, it's fun. I see we're about to hit our first port. Yep. Uh, Arkanoid for the NES. That is an interesting choice. I mean, I loved that game, but like, I would just so much rather play with a paddle. Ah, but comes with a paddle. I don't. I it's never so played that. Cool. It comes yeah. in an oversized box. I'll bring the paddle in. It's a little gray paddle with a very small. Oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, black knob. Oh, I yeah. remember. And it's seeing a good paddle. I mean, it's 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 got a good feel to it. Yeah, mine needed contact cleaner when oh. I first got. I think I have the box too. That's a really rare uh, full package Nintendo game. But yeah, it works really well. But you know what's what's weird about that paddle? It's super fast. Mm-hmm. It makes it hard to play. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just small turns to, to get anything I done. think there might be something wrong with the NES Arkanoid uh, specifically, though. I, I can't get past it. I remember just when we were obsessed with it and playing a lot, mm-hmm. I, there was one level where nobody could get past it. Now there's a That's level warp. But, yeah, there's some, like, block where it was, like, you, we just could never get past this one level because it felt unfair, and I can't remember what it was. I an, couldn't remember if it was broken or not. An Arkanoid hmm. complete inbox today will set you back 125 bucks. Yeah, not yeah, surprised by that. It's more than that. Yeah. I love Arkanoid. Arkanoid 2 is called Revenge of... Doe. Uh, Doe. Do. Do. Yeah, it's pretty good. Number five is uh, another ColecoVision game, Artillery Duel. I've seen Anyone it, never played, played it. You've never seen, played you've, Artillery You've, you've seen yeah. this game? Yep. Uh, that's the a ter- packaging looks really What's boring. cool is that it's a turn-based strategy game for the ColecoVision. What? It, it's kind of it's like Scorched Earth. That. It's like a really primitive version of Scorched Earth uh, from what I've seen. Yeah, you ever play Scorched Earth on PC? No. I haven't. Okay. Did Scorch- you say it's, that's a ColecoVision game? Yeah. Yeah, also it's... available for the Astrocade. Uh-huh. Yeah, you set That's, like you know who made that? Bally. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Bally Pinball uh, invested in Bally Sente at the time to make Bally arcade games, and then Bally Astrocade to make home games. There are a couple of Astrocade games in this in this book, if I remember right. So he's he's got a. That's cool. I don't I don't have Astrocade. one of those. I I I'm recently become interested in getting one. I have never touched one. Yeah. I, I never. Number six is the Asteroids port for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Okay, so that Easy at the time was was not a bad port. port. It doesn't look like Asteroids, but it plays only fine. People associate Asteroids with that version of it, with just the Atari uh, Twenty Six Hundred version. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I mean, I love the beautiful vector graphics mm-hmm. of the, the, but like this is color. Yeah, yeah. this is you color. Know, it's, yeah. it's playable. It's also probably more playable because it doesn't use a control panel with only buttons on it, which yeah. the arcade version has. Yeah, it's it's a good game. I played it a lot as a kid. Somebody's actually uh, redone it recently and just redrawn yeah, the, the graphics new, to look more like Vector. It looks good. But uh, it's a good game. It's a, it's a good port. One thing about Asteroids is that the box art and everything leads you to believe that it's going to be like the greatest Star Wars like space adventure <laughs> of all time. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. I, I just like it's like just meteors falling all over all over the place, and there's a spaceship interjecting to save Earth. It's so cool looking. Those old that old box art for Atari games was so the, much the, of the it. The Space Man rich. and the Rainbow for oh, Breakout. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Number seven is, is Atlantis mm-hmm. for the twenty six hundred. Definitely had this. I game. don't think you can buy a box of twenty six hundred games without Atlantis. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I thought this game was awesome when I was a kid. Yeah, Atlantis is solid. It, it's a, it's a good, and that's an original console game, right? That's an Magic yeah. uh, original. It has fam- uh, similarities to Missile Command, right? Because like sorta, you yeah. are it's underwater Missile Command. Yeah, like you've got uh, control of Atlantis, and you're shooting attackers from the sky, mm-hmm. and yeah. but like slowly but surely they're gonna like blow up your base, right? Yeah, until yeah, you're left that's, that's with just it. one, one what whatever like defense unit. It's a pretty game. There's a lot of color in that one. Yeah, and it's it's one of the ones that still kind of holds up. You can go back and play Atlantis. It's still fun. This, this is, is this. Well, hold on. The Atlantis fun fact is that so iMagic was the uh, developer and publisher of Atlantis. Atlantis had had a uh, high score competition called Destination Atlantis, but it was a victim of the great video game crash of 1983. The four top players were to be sent to Bermuda to compete in a contest to win ten thousand dollars, but that never happened. Oh, that's too bad. That's great. You know why? Because oh. of the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, oh, there exactly. We are. That's where Atlantis is. Man, I wish we still had opulent <clears throat> game contests like that. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got have you guys ever now. seen pictures of the B- the B- B- Bimini Wall? Bimini Wall. B- Bimini Wall. Yeah, no, what it's is like this? this like it's like an undersea rock formation, but it has really right right angles, and it looks like a street going into the distance, oh, weird. and it's in the Bermuda Triangle. Are in you Bimini? Are you blaming the Bermuda Triangle for the Great Video Crash in 1983? Yes, yes, yeah. I am. That's a good theory. Edgar Casey predicted it. If anybody gets that joke, uh, write in. How about Attack of the Time Lord for the Odyssey 2? Well, I'm a big fan of Time Lords. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, There's a, we were just talking about this. Including the Doctor and the Master. Um, however, I have never played this game, and the Time Lord on it doesn't look recognizable. Although it looks like pinball. <laughs> the genre is slide and shoot. What is, slide and shoot. What's that? 
I think slide and shoot is a is like space invader ish like type shooter maybe. Um, I just think of sin and punishment when I think slide and shoot. I've played a lot of Odyssey two games. I've never played time. Oh, it's a tempest. Yeah, like so like spinning where you spin around the screen. What's the other one? Gyrus. Gyrus. Yeah. So it's that sort of. I guess that's and and it's on a black star field, so it does look a little bit like tempest. That's really cool. Or that's a little bit like Gyrus too. I bet that game sucks. <laughs> well, at time, most most Odyssey two games suck. There are not very many good Odyssey two know. games. I don't know about that game. There, there's there's very do, few good ones. Do 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 Fish dragon is like a really yeah. decorative fish-looking thing that comes out. I love that. Was that I an would... NES launch game, wasn't it? Uh, it? I don't know if it was a black box game or not. I don't remember. It's a black box. Is game. it a black box game? Okay, so. game? You know, you know what's funny is that um, what series is it part of? Uh, action series. Action series. Balloon okay. series. Um, and it has pipes, just like Super Mario Brothers. Mm. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I would never recommend Balloon Fight to anybody. Oh really? But well, I mean, I'm not gonna like. I think okay. I would. I'm walk that back. I'd walk. I'd recommend about 250 NES games before Balloon Fight. Really? But, <laughs> but I love Balloon Fight, yeah. and I'd still yeah. like. I hope people I get love, to check yeah, it out. Yeah. So the modes are one player, two player, and yeah. Balloon Trip. Yeah, Balloon Trip. That's it. <clears throat> when, trip. when you got two friends together, how high together, can you get? They how should high ask can you get? They, they should ask you that. The, in, the internal Donkey Kong question. Uh, <laughs> how high can you get? <laughs> Uh, number 10 is Beauty and the Beast for the Intellivision. Okay, that's yeah. Donkey Kong for the Intellivision, Ooh. but so Intellivision Donkey Kong was awful. This is the good Donkey Kong game for Intellivision. I got a yeah. big soft spot in my heart for the Intellivision. A lot of great it's, original it console games. It kind of looks like Crazy Climber from what I remember. It, it is, it is, hmm. but it's closer. I, I'd put it closer to like a Donkey Kong-ish feel to Are it. you a lady in it? Uh, and no, no, in Beauty and the Beast, you're saving a lady, if I remember right. The well, monkey is taking they, the lady up the. Well, there up is the, no other person besides Beauty and the Beast. Well, no, there's the, the hero, if I remember correctly. Gaston? At least. He's an uh, enemy. Okay, now Gaston, who has a great song in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, <laughs> that poor guy, all right, I, you know what? He, all he wanted. Anyway, we're, we're not going to get into defending <laughs> Gaston here. Uh, uh, Berserk for the Atari 5200. It's apparently look at the box art yeah, on the Atari that is amazing. Berserk. Mm-hmm. That is not what happens in Berserk. There, no. there, it, it, it's featuring. But this game, this version had the voice uh, sample. Yeah, sample yeah. right. It's featuring like a guy right? with no, a laser gun right. and giant robots behind him. But I'm pretty sure you. No, I guess you're just. Yeah, you're just a pathetic. In human, Berserk, you're a hu- you're sense. a pathetic human. Yeah, it, it actually the game actually I taunts you as a human. Is that uh, the, the chicken fight like a robot? Uh, yeah, yeah, that phrase is not from yeah, that game. Chicken fight like a robot or something like that. Yeah, Evil Auto taunts you the whole mm-hmm. time. Berserk is a good game, uh, and the twenty six hundred port is is actually quite good too. Yeah. The I've never played the fifty two hundred port, the one that here. Yeah, the interesting thing in the arcade is that it has a joystick with a button on top of it, mm-hmm. and so you shoot where you point. It's before mm-hmm. Robotron, so you can't have another point to shoot things. So it works on the Atari joystick nicely. That's a rare occasion when the jar- Atari joystick is yeah. pretty similar to the arcade. <laughs> to what's style. going on there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 12 is Boulder Dash for ColecoVision, 1984. Ah, let us go to Britain. Yeah, the Boulder Dash guy is really strange. Um, this is like a digging, uh, dig dug type game that I just don't ever, I never played it. I have tried yeah. and tried to like Boulder Dash. It's very popular you know, in Europe, but I, I do it's not get it. It's it, ColecoVision. ColecoVision. Yeah. Why does it have a television pictured in the next scene? Uh, right there. That's an television. That's, that's ColecoVision. 
This is that a mistake? <laughs> that's a weird model. No, yeah, it says ColecoVision on there. I can't right. see the picture. Sorry. What do we have here? Yeah, I guess it is. Oh, uh, that's a no, that's a ColecoVision. Yeah, that's a ColecoVision. Yeah. Uh, Bounty Bob Strikes Back uh, for Atari Fifty Two Hundred. That's another one of those Euro classics. I have tried to like that game, and I, I cannot get my head around. Is this it. really an Atari Fifty Two Hundred box? Uh, again, I'm guessing Europe. Um, I, I don't know that, but uh, it's the a game sequel did come that's out. better so than the original. To, to illustrate this for people uh, uh, listening, the box looks like the box for Metal Storm for NES for some reason. It's like this painted, like almost anime-looking scene. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bounty Bob Strikes one. Back is... It's is, another climbing game. Yeah, it's it's not my favorite thing in the world. It's got mm-hmm. kind of that minor 2049er vibe to it, and I, now, I just don't... Bump and Jump... Yeah, it was also available on NES, but mm-hmm. they've only listed the Intellivision and ColecoVision versions. I think that's because for the Intellivision, Bump and Jump is really impressive. Like, mm-hmm. for what that hard... No, the, the Intellivision well, is weird... It probably came out on NES in 1988. Mm. Yeah. The Intellivision is a 16-bit console, technically. It had a really weird architecture, but, but Bump and Jump pushes its limited uh, capabilities kind of to the edge, and it really is impressive for, for that. This is the, the, the game where uh, it's top-down. And you're driving, but when you go over jumps, your car like flies up towards the top of the. Yeah, like right? scales towards mm-hmm. you, like it's it's like a raster and scaling effect. Can't you land on other cars to uh, yeah. destroy them? Mm-hmm. Who who made that game? Because I think it's the same people that made City Connection. This is developer Technology Associates. Oh, it's yeah. not. Um... No, I, I don't know who oh. Jellico did. Jellico did it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, or at least the NES version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a game that I know is close to Sam Claiborne's heart. Burger Time. I believe that's on my top 400 list. An- another game that was ported to NES, but they don't only list the Intellivision and ColecoVision versions here. I, I think the Intellivision. I know it's on my top 400 list. I think it's in my top 30 because I'm crazy. Yeah, another Intellivision love, I love version. Burger Time. You love Burger Time? Yep. I, it's really difficult. I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm not any good at it. I think the difficulty curve is a little harsh, mm-hmm. but you know it's an arcade you game. You need to play it a little bit more. Like you learn, you learn patterns. Mm-hmm. I just feel like by stage three, it's like it's I can. I can almost there's, never get past stage there's three. There's a trick to stage three. Really? And that's that you have to hold right or left as soon as the stage starts, or else you're you're not going to really stand a chance of escaping Mr. Pickle. I, if you do do that, then you're fine. Well, just the fact and then that it gets easier after that. We have Mr. Pickle. You're being chased by pickles and eggs and wieners. Like, this is a weird <laughs> game. And you're building giant hamburgers. I want to be in the meeting where this was pitched. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I, the reason is they didn't have meetings where things were pitched. I, then I'm skeptical. I, I So I love the box art and all home versions of Burger Time. I'm skeptical any of them are any good. The NES yeah. one's like even not even that good. The Intellivision one was another of its time thing where it's like, yeah. wow, compared to what I'm used to seeing from a home game, that's I, amazing. I remember the Intellivision one feeling like a tiger toy. It, it's it, Well, compared to the arcade game, it is. Yeah. But it, it was far more impressive than people were used to seeing it. That, that was that weird period of history where arcade games really were outstepping home hardware. Mm-hmm. And even ColecoVision ports were hard-pressed to catch up, and that was the most powerful hardware available. It wasn't until the, the Neo Geo came out. <laughs> until the Neo Geo. Then we got, the, got the arcade experience at home. Did you have a Neo Geo, Damon? I didn't. Uh, no, only the... God, I didn't even know a single person that owned one. I never knew. They were like seven hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, hundred dollars for you. The NES had some contemporary ports that we all love. That we that are probably they're not that good, but sometimes they're better than NES, like Contra and uh, Gradius. Like I think those games are actually better on NES than they are in the arcade. Well, and then they do that neat thing where they did adaptations. Like Bionic Commando was an arcade game. They knew they couldn't replicate it on the NES, so instead they made a much better. Same way. Yeah, they they made like this completely different game with RPG elements. Rygar, Ninja Gaiden, and Bionic Commando are like the trifecta of like let's Mm. put it on home systems. Like we'll make it more like Zelda. Yeah, and it it was great. Oh, it's so good. What's the what's the one with the Russian Karnov? Oh, Karnov by Data East. Yeah, <laughs> that the the Japanese version of that game is really weird because it's a game about how God has brought you back from the dead, 
and sent mm. you out to do penance. Like these are all cut from the American version, of course. Well, but, in the American version, you're a circus performer. Right, you're a circus performer. You're you're a dead circus performer that's a sinner in the Japanese one, apparently. Oh, that makes and sense. Uh, Getting back to this list, Carnival for the ColecoVision. Another slide and shoot game. Yeah, uh, Carnival yeah. was a late era arcade game. Mm. I, I didn't ever. I've never played. I've never seen it at a convention or anything. But the arcade machine is pictured in the box art of that game, and it looks so pretty. It's a pretty Coleco game. I've played it. I think it's boring. Mm. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people like it. I'm not one of them. It's a game you can get really good at. Like there, there's a high, sk- you know, there's low and high skill. And if you're really, really, really wanting to maximize, maximize your points, you can go after it that way. But it never grabbed me. Here we go, Castlevania. The original Castlevania. Yeah, top that. Yeah, that's another great. arcade port, but uh, no. Oh no no no! That was that was in play choice. That was kind of the other way. That almost got ported to the arcade. Interesting. Okay. There is a haunted castle right. in the arcade, but that's a, that's a different game. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Castlevania yeah. was in play choice systems, and it has a Castlevania versus. Let's not forget that. But it, it was all co-launched. I mean, those are it's a nebulous release time, but that that game is an NES game. That's yeah. just so wonderful. And the box starts. I just remember staring at that one as a kid with Dracula's face appearing yep. in the yeah. way in the yep. background and. Of course, of course, it is some of the best music yep. ever conceived yep, of yep, for yep, any yep. any system. It's it's uh, one of the very first third party <clears throat> games to come out in the United States that that was just every bit as good as what Nintendo was releasing. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful video game. Yeah. Cat Tracks for Arcadia two thousand one. Yeah, I said again. We're, this we're, is a knockoff of uh, Mouse Trap. Yeah. It looks like it. Yeah, it's a maze game. I love maze games, and I love hinky maze games like this. I mean, it just looks like totally like weird, and I really want to check this game out. Uh, the art, the the drawings on the this box art look like somebody's like, little sister made them. <laughs> but it's sort of in like a, that Tom and Jerry style. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not even familiar with the console, the Arcadia 2001. I have never right. played this thing. I I know what the Arcadia 2001 is, but I have never played that game. Next is Centipede, ported to Atari 5200, 7800, and ColecoVision. Okay, I'm calling bull on this one. Yeah, there is no good home version of Centipede. Yeah, and especially if you can't use a trackball. Exactly. Ball. Coleco had a trackball, but um, yeah. No, I had the Coleco. play this at home? I had the Coleco version of Centipede. It was okay, but yeah, you, that's a game that you must play with a trackball. And so much of that game is the fidelity of the colors too, and none of that comes home in any of the home versions. Yeah, I've ever Centipede actually has a pretty unique color scheme that the Donna Donna Bailey picked out for it, and it has that kind of like it's like either purples on reds or greens on oranges, and it's just like so pretty. And from that time, like mm-hmm. it just it says 1980. That original it. arcade art though. I know. I yeah. know. The big centipede with the starburst yeah. coming out of it. Did you end up getting that? You have the board game, right, Sam? Yeah. Okay, that's right. We're... Yeah, I have actually two arcade cop, uh, versions of centipede because we happened to have a, we had a cocktail forever, and now we have a cabaret, which is the most beautiful mm. little arcade machine. Oh no, I was talking about the board game. No, the, I have the board okay, game. Also. Yeah, because it has that amazing it's art painted. like on the on the box, right? Yeah, it's cool. Nice to see the Sega Master System represented here with Choplifter. Sega Master. I love System. the game Choplifter. Sega Master System Choplifter is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Choplifter totally... is one of my earliest memories of any game. I gotta say, I associate that with PC more than anything else for some mm. reason. I don't know why. Uh, no, it was it was an Apple game, definitely. Like that was its its uh, proving ground, and that's where it grew up. But the definitive version of this game, in my opinion, is the Master System version. It's it's it doesn't take anything away from the gameplay, and it's just beautiful and smooth. And, Could they and... have made games look more boring on Master System with the box art and the cartridge? Yeah, yeah. They have it's no terrible. art. It's always like this white grid with one thing, and then the the cartridge is just like black with a red label on it. It's What's... so crappy. What's the wrestling game where you, the guy looks like he's holding his own? Yeah, hand? I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's so amazing. But then there's like like a ninja or karate game where it's just like a foot coming in. Yeah, yeah. Off, off. I still haven't played yeah. Alf. You How still can have... make this happen? We need the to we need to track down Alf. The only Alf game that ever came out. Really? For yeah. Sega Master System. Master System. Wow. 
It's Willie. Ba- it's bad. It's a bad game. Here's an Atari 2600 Pretty. game I'm not familiar with. Uh, Circus Atari. Mm-hmm. No, I had this. I yep. had this game. It's another uh, paddle paddle game. Yeah, and I can think of what Circus no, Atari's not, not a paddle game. game. I think that's a. I think Circus Atari's a stick game. Um, the genre is ball and paddle. Okay, well, I'm wrong there. Well, I own it. made so little impression. I remember hating it. Just take it out of your 2600, put Kaboom in if you're going to play a paddle game. Because hmm. uh, it's better. cool. And here's combat, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, That's shipped with Atari. Yeah, that was right? mm-hmm. what you that got. That was the pack in? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't Pong? Uh, no, the pack in with no. the 2600 was combat. And if you bought it from Sears, sometimes it was actually Air Sea Battle under a different name, Target Fun. And then Target later, fun, yeah. it, later there was, a, I think, a Pac Man. Target Fun. Fun. Ah. Or is it Target Fun? I don't know. What's your thought? Does it have a colon? Uh, no colon. What the hell is Communist Mutants from Space for the Atari 2600? I've never played it. Maybe I it only know. came out in Texas. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> never played uh, it. It's game. another slide and shoot game. It came out in 82. Man, great title. Yeah, please write in and tell us your memories of this one because yeah. we, uh, it just looks like Space Invaders. What's, the, what's the year on it? 82. 82. No, I never played Communist Mutants from Space. I don't know anything about it. Defender. Now, I played Defender on the 2600, but they've listed the 5200 and ColecoVision versions here. The ColecoVision yeah. version of Defender's box art looks like it came out of Soviet, uh, the Soviet Union. It does. It's, like, really stripped down. <laughs> really. It's like, well, look, at, look, turn the page back. It's actually on there. Ah, that's yeah, what you see. It's, like, yeah. so, Soviet box art. Okay, even though it's easier at home, I'm going to, again, I'm going to call bull on this one. I feel like Defender is only properly experienced when you're playing with seven buttons and Have a joystick in the, in the arcade. Yeah, it's crazy. Where yeah, your hands so are spread so over the control panel. Where you have I don't to have... know if that improves Defender, but a lot of things improve it in the arcade. I'm yeah. not a fan, I gotta say. Oh, I like Defender. I've always tried I liked to. it on 2600. Yeah, I, love, I love the sound effects. Oh, the... When you fire? Well, just, yeah. It's, have it's you ever so seen that uh, uh, video game Tips LP record? I don't think so. I really want to get a copy. I've been trying to track it down lately, but it has a whole section on... The, it's like this like guy that just is just droning on about Defender. It's actually sampled in a Beastie Boys song. But yeah, he's just like, and mm-hmm. the, when the mutants land, you want to make sure... He just like goes on and on and on. It's a really great record. No, I knew nothing about this. Yeah, it's like how to beat video games or something. Just play Demon Attack? Oh, yeah. yeah. Again, another, I don't think you can get a invaders. box of Atari games without a Demon Attack yeah. in it. Now, I uh, again gotta get first off That's great like great great cover art. It's like uh, the spray it's like Mechagodzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's like totally Mechagodzilla, Mechagodzilla in space flying yeah. around. Okay, so great cover art, photograph of like Mechagodzilla toy spray painted or something. Demon Attack is good. It's it's an magic game. I really do think Phoenix is better on the twenty six hundred though. P- people uh, people argue that a lot, but I feel like Phoenix is a far more impressive hmm. and enjoyable game. Phoenix has a boss, has more levels. The 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 patterns on the on the enemies are a little more complicated, and it's just prettier. Well, Phoenix in the arcade is really interesting. Uh, yeah, they shoot eggs, they turn into birds. There's boss, and some of that is lo- the eggs to birds thing is lost in the twenty six hundred, but the boss is still there, and the re the regenerating wing effect is mm. great on the twenty six hundred. Well, that's really cool. Uh, here's Dig Dug for the 7800. So my earliest Definitely gaming play memories playing Dig Dug on uh, on any console, but mainly on Commodore 64. But uh, yeah, Dig Dug is a great game. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I don't like playing it anymore, but it's it's a game. What do you like about it, Damon? <laughs> uh, I love like you can set traps for the enemies, you know, mm-hmm. lead them to you know, walk underneath the boulders, and I loved blowing them up till they pop. Right, that was yeah. such a cool mechanic. For me, dig and there's a trick to that. There's a for me, Dig Dug was always like when I looked at it, I was like, I, I can be, I can play this game forever because all I need to do is just plan it out just right. But then the game screws you when the enemies start going through the walls. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if it didn't have that, <laughs> I feel like it would be, I would have just played it forever. What about Diner? 
for Intellivision. Okay, so Diner's weird. It's the a it's box a, art is totally uh, Burger Burger Time ripoff. Yeah. Well, it's Burger Time too. I love that box. Di- Diner is the console sequel to Burger Time. Hmm. It was not released as an arcade game. Who, it was made, made it? for the Intellivision. Developers um, Real Time Associates. Yeah, it's it's a straight to console sequel to uh, to Burger Time. Never had an arcade release. Peter Pepper is right there on the cover. Yeah, I've All never right. played this one. I played the, the arcade sequel to Burger Time, Peter Pepper's Ice Cream Factory, mm-hmm. and there was. It was always rumored at the time in uh, that there was a sequel to Burger Time on the way called Pizza Time, and I think mm-hmm. you and I have to make that game, Damon. Yeah, for sure. It's very rare that that uh, that arcade games get straight to console ports, but it does happen every now and then. Diners one, Fan- uh, Fantasy Zone two for the Master System. That's sequel, another one. To console yeah, pardon me, straight to console sequels. Did I say ports. Sorry, straight to console sequels like Fantasy yeah. Zone two, and they're really interesting to see what people come up with because usually nobody cared, so the developer gets a lot of license to do whatever they want with it, and sometimes that's terrible, sometimes it's interesting. There's another 2600 game with beautiful box art that does not at all look like what the game is, Dodge'em. So I love this game. This is my favorite two-player game on Atari. And what it is is, like, you are two cars in, like, this maze, and they just – I think they move automatically. Mm -hmm. But – and so they're just zooming around, and one's going clockwise, one's going counterclockwise, and you just switch tracks. So you just don't want to collide. Mm-hmm. And you're just, you and the other person are like competing in this really mad, mad madness like inducing game. Yeah, it's like slot car demolition derby. Yeah. And, and you cannot stop. You can slow down, and you can speed up, and you can switch lanes, but you can't stop. It's great. That's a good one. I actually had to track, I always, you know, I do a lot of uh, game hunting on the weekends, and uh, the particular flea market that I score at a lot, which I will not talk about publicly, um, <laughs> I, I went with a mission once to find Dodge'em, and I found it. It's that good. That's great. So they've listed Donkey Kong for both ColecoVision and NES. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Donkey Kong's a great game, but home ports of Donkey Kong. Yeah. It's a very important game historically. I'll agree with that. ColecoVision Donkey Kong is really important. Uh, but Cause it's because they got the license to make a nicer Donkey Kong to sell the system. People bought the system. For it. Mm-hmm. it was the uh, what do you call that? What's that? The, it killer, the killer app. app. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. the killer app, and they had to take from one... from a leather company, no less. And they had to take one level off the thing, and and you know, but yeah. but but still, it was pretty impressive for and the time. But Donkey Kong is better experienced in its original form. It is hard to get a home version of Donkey Kong though, because that weird rights thing with Nintendo yeah, and the developer, and yeah. This is a quote from. Playboy's Guide to Rating the Video Games from 1982. We've got to hand it to ColecoVision for the excellent visuals of their Donkey Kong. It looks very much like the arcade game in terms of color resolution. The sound effects are also virtually the same. Yeah. Was missing I could that. Spend oh. a year talking about Donkey Kong on podcasts. Like I have mm-hmm. so many feelings, and I love this game so much. But uh, the ports are all so bizarre, and, so, and they're missing everything. I think the Nintendo one is graphically really nice. It's getting it stretched horizontally yeah. for whatever reason. I don't mm-hmm. know why they would do that, but it's stretched because that game is a vertical orientation arcade game that's really tall, and that's what makes it cool. Um, There's yeah. an interesting version of this uh, for the Coleco Atom computer mm-hmm. um, where they added the missing stage. Uh, yeah. And uh, that one... Nintendo added the missing stage back in recently. Yeah. And there's and a version on 3DS. 3DS, right, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know what's crazy about that is they still didn't add the how high can you get question, which is super <laughs> important, and they didn't add the right... I'd be so mad. They didn't, write, they didn't write, make the level order correct, which is supposed to be 1 4, 1 2 4, 1 2 3 4. That's how the game works. You play the first level and the last level, the ziggurat, and then you then they throw in the spring level, and then finally, in your third time around, they throw in the pie level. Mm. And that's at like, what, 100 meters? Yeah. That's how high you can get in Donkey Kong. And Very then, high. And there's Donkey Kong Jr., which I actually think is even better than the original game. Oh, wow. tell us why. Why do you like it? Uh, I just love, well, so. 
Uh, first of all, I love the premise. Take the villain of the first game and make their so son the hero of the sequel. Like, mm-hmm. It's so cool. Plus, it was more colorful. There's more variation in the stages. You know, you're doing uh, a lot more exciting platforming. Did you watch the Saturday yeah. morning cartoon? Of Donkey Kong Jr.? Yeah. I have only vague memories of that. I watched it. Did it's you watch part it, of the Super Kid. I've, only in the last 20 years. Like, I Saturday Super Kid. That's where Frogger was like a reporter, right? Yeah, and Qbert was part of a cool 50s game. That's right. And he had a leather jacket, didn't he? Oh like a red leather. So uh, Donkey Kong uh, Jr., I agree with you that it's, it's really neat. I love that you go up slower than you mm-hmm. go down. Yeah. I love that you that go faster when you use two arms mm-hmm. than when you use one. There's a lot of nuance to that game, and, and I enjoy that as well. But the way the guy jumps, that belly flop jump... That Junior does is that's really hard to control. And it, yeah, it, it, he's he's a hard to control character. Uh, there's also the same thing in that game is the levels are fed to you out of order. And now they've put I, Donkey Kong Three on this list, yeah. which I like that game too. But I, uh, it's just usually not thought of as being as good. And I think it's kind of broken. Actually. Yeah, it's a shooter, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like Galaga, but uh, you can. Yeah, uh, there's some interesting stuff to it. It, it definitely is not as interesting. It doesn't star it. Mario. I, I this guy's name. I like Donkey Kong 3, but 100 Greatest Games of hard. 10 Years, no, I, yeah. I disagree with that. Is it Donkey Kong Jr. that has Mario, has Mario Sprite with a whip? That's, that's Donkey, Donkey Kong 3? Donkey Kong Jr., isn't it, that has the, the whip, Mario yeah. holding a yeah. whip? Okay, I was well, sorry. Yeah, because yeah, he's in a cage next to him. So, so sadistic. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Stomper, which is an awesome name for a game, but I've never heard of this one. This is another Atari 2600 game. Starpath Supercharger. All right, now this one I know. Uh, so the, What's the supercharger? The StarPath supercharger was this little plug-in that you stuck mm-hmm. into the front of your 2600 and added 6K of RAM mm-hmm. to the 2600. It, it didn't go very far. No, it didn't. No, the game it, still looks kind of... <laughs> yeah. the, the games The games had cassette tapes. You would you would, you would would put the game in with a cassette tape. I did not have one of these this back in the like day. This is like the Aladdin just, for Nintendo. Yeah, and so your cassette tape goes in exactly like the Aladdin. But the games that were produced with it actually were okay. So Dragon Stomper doesn't look very Dragon neat. Stomper is an awesome name. It's it's an RPG and it yeah. is a real RPG with like you struck the orc, the orc struck you, and item menus. News. You and, don't get to stomp any dragons. Uh, you do actually stomp a dragon at the end of Dragon Stomper. Oh, at the end? Yeah, yeah you fight a dragon. There's a boss. There's I've a final boss dragon. Yeah, uh, Dragon Stomper is is I I can't recommend it as anything but an interesting experience now. But it is an impressive. RPG. I'm wondering if Communist Mutants for Space is like another StarPath game I've never Well, played. another StarPath Supercharger is Escape from the Mindmaster. Which is a 3D maze game hmm. uh, for the 2600 hmm. and really has some really impressive visual effects, but is not actually fun. Yeah, and when you say 3D maze, it actually looks like Doom. Like you actually go down hallways. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the scrolling, like it actually scrolls. It's not like jerk, jerk, jerk like Golgo 13. It's actually like smooth movement through the maze. It's really strange. Uh, Fantasy Zone and Fantasy Zone 2 they include here. Oh, Fantasy Zone 2. These are for uh, Master System, Sega Master System. Heck yeah. Those are awesome games. Yeah, Uh, although Fantasy Zone 2 is okay, the the Master System version that was made, but M2, uh, you guys know M2? Crazy Japanese studio that does a lot of the virtual console emulation and uh, some oh, of the yeah, other. Oh yeah, they're work. the ones that do like they put the actual bike into uh, that old Sega game. Yeah, yeah, they're hang just on. they're just crazy, crazy people. Amazing, yeah. I love them. Yeah. Uh, really neat group of people. Did they, they do Hang On? So Am I they right? t- what the Hang On Genesis emulation no, or the Hang there's On? There's like on three DS. It like has the arcade machine. You can like lean back, but it actually puts the machine in it. For that sounds version. like M two. I haven't played the arcade okay. version of Hang On, but I know they do all the Genesis X sixty eight thousand stuff for virtual console and a lot of the three DS emulation for Game Gear and stuff like so I'm going to guess yeah. the same. They did, I think they did the Afterburner 2 that just came out. Um, they did, Anyway, so Fantasy Zone 2 is a backwards port. Like it, it's, it, Fantasy Zone 1 is this big, beautiful arcade game. Fantasy Zone 2 is a Master System sequel 
Um, and then they took the Master System sequel and put it on arcade hardware mm. and released a crappy-looking Fantasy Zone arcade game that looked worse than the first one. Very M- clever. M2 took that and were like, this looks crappy. And when they released their Fantasy Zone compilation recently or a few years ago, they remade Fantasy Zone 2, making it beautiful like the arcade, just so people who bought the pack could play it as they thought it ought to be. Here's my it's theory. A really thing. Fantasy Zone, Defender for Girls. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to leave you guys with that. You don't okay. need to that makes me it. a big old girl because uh, I love fantasy. Hey, you, I, I like, like girl games stuff. like Centipede and Ladybug. So. Girls Garden. Uh, Girls Garden. Yeah. Another. That's a Eugene Ockham game. <laughs> it is. Food Fight. I love that game. Uh, I do too. It's my number two most wanted arcade cabinet right now. Wow. Oh, really? What's number one? Uh, I guess it would be think? Tapper. I, that's the one I really want right now. Actually, just yeah. with, with the Budweiser? Yeah. Britain, yeah. Do you go to high scores really and play the Food Fight machine there? I, I almost bought that food fight. Oh, really? That yeah. machine? That was a California Extreme, and it was a little oh. expensive, but they got it. Yeah, I'm glad they got it. It's in great shape. Actually, I'm not glad they got it because it's going to be ruined there, but hmm. it was in really good shape. Food fight is such a cool game. There's just like you play this like kid, and there's piles of food lying around the screen. You and, play Charlie Chuck, and the chefs are <laughs> the chefs are coming after you. And you have to fend them off by throwing food at them, and then when you make it to the ice cream cone, your head becomes enormous and you you swallow the ice cream cone in one bite. But you have to get there before the ice cream cone melts. Guys, I have a burger time machine, and I want a food fight machine next to it and and put these in my future kitchen. Yes. I just think it would be the coolest thing. You know what I like about that game is that, and and why it probably won't work on home systems, is that it has like a 72-direction joystick like Sinistar in the arcade, and so you can like turn your, your, your actually hand goes around in this like, giant like degree wheel and you can fire very precisely with it. Real, I didn't realize Food Fight had had one of the is it the yeah. 49 direction one or you said yeah, 72? Yeah, I think it might be more than oh, well, I'm thinking of 720. Uh yeah, it's 49. Okay, just like Sinistar. Well, it's Sinistar. Oh, yeah, that's Sinistar. a 49 then. Yeah. Here's our first Vectrex game, Fortress of Narzod. Yeah. I play this. Wow. This one it's has like a our, color overlay for it. Is it like it, a corridor shooter? Uh, yeah, it's like Zaxxon, if I remember correctly. Uh, my good friend, who actually goes by Charlie Chuck, his name is Charlie, he, uh, uh, who I'm hanging out with this weekend, actually, he, um, his dad invented the Vectrex. Hmm. So he has a giant Vectrex collection, and it's really cool seeing that. And I met his dad a few times, and he is really mystified that people care about Vectrex anymore. Well, I think the Vectrex is neat. It's got a vertic- his vertical... His name is Jerry Carr. Look him up. He's an interesting guy. He also invented yeah. that watch that plays games from before then. Which one? Like the? It's called the Game Watch or something. It's not the Game End Watch. Yeah, it's 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 a a Game Watch. Watch. I forget what it's called. I had a Game Watch, but I don't know if it would have been the same one. Yeah. Freeway for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. You play as a chicken trying to cross the road. Yeah, two-player Freeway is still a riot. I believe Freeway. And by the way, Freeway is a bright pink box and looks crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it looks like that in this book, but um, I love the picture of the chicken with a rainbow behind it. Yeah. What the hell is going on? (laughs) I don't know. Something. Yes, the roof is caving in. Anyway, um, it, okay. So back to Freeway. I believe this is the first spinoff Activision game. One of the first ones when when everybody left uh, Atari. Uh, yeah, it's early. It's not the first generation. I think it's the second generation of eighty one. I don't think it's first generation. Eighty one would be first. It would be first. Okay. Whenever it is, it's great. Uh, I thought it was like it. the first thing they put okay. out. I don't know that. I can't. Oh, now now I'm now I'm curious. Say, no, say after the show. After the All show. Right, after the show. All right. We're gonna uh, fight after the show. Yeah. Oh, I hope we don't fight. I don't want to fight. But anyway, freeway two players still fun. Uh, Frenzy for ColecoVision. They say an even better game than Berserk. It's, well, it's a sequel it's, to Berserk. Yeah, that's a little silly. Um, Frenzy is not I all that it, different than Berserk. No, it's just mm. I, I only remember it being a color swap on Berserk. Now, when I see that box art on on Coleco, it looks really pretty because it has a beautiful arcade cabinet in it that I've never seen before. It's all mm. red. Frogger, yeah, comma the official Frogger. 
I don't. If I have to think about like the earliest gaming memories I have, what I associate Frogger. with video games, yeah. like I think Frogger is pretty pretty much there. Frogger, it was, yeah, it was well, the prototype video game in my mind. It's a four-directional joystick. It's easy for a kid to understand, and you know you're just not supposed to get run over it by was, a car. I remember it being hilarious. Oh, just like that's how young I was when I first saw Frogger. I was like, he's getting run over <laughs> by cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, also there's like. Uh, like a, a younger, like a girl frog that like, will ride your on your buddy. back? Yeah, yeah. That's your buddy. Yeah, you pick And yeah. what's crazy about that is I didn't really put that together until about five years ago when I was playing Frogger <laughs> yeah. in, like, at a convention. And I was like, oh, yeah, the buddy wants to get on my back. Yeah, it's just that's where tadpoles come from. That's, we're just teaching important life lessons to our children. I don't know if you're right about that, Jared. What's that? The, the... Galaga. They put down the 7800. I played a lot of Galaga on the NES, actually. Galaga is one that can be ported to the home pretty accurately. Yeah. Two-way two way joystick, shots. I'm pretty bored with Gal- Galaga these days, but yeah. I, I was obsessed with it at one point. That's one of the few games my dad was super into. I I really enjoy it. Your dad was into Galaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he play it on? The, the NES. NES. Better okay. than Galaxian, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I, I actually really like Galaga. I think Galaga holds up pretty well. I recently restored a Japanese Galaga cocktail machine that I should bring oh. to the office. It's yeah. really pretty. If and you if you bring it, I will play it and play yeah, it. And play I, it. I would imagine so. And speaking of Galaga, Galaxian is also yeah. on this list. It's the boring or slow the Galaga. ColecoVision, yeah, yeah. But uh, the first color game. Yeah, it was such a big deal when it came out. I mean, now it's like slow and dull, but man, that must have blown people's minds when it came out. Mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins for the NES. It's quite a jump oh. from Galaxian to Ghosts and Goblins. Okay, yeah. no, we're talking about. Yeah, great, great game. Super, super hard. But look at what the instruction manual for Ghosts and Goblins is. It's just a picture of Captain Commando. Captain Commando himself. Uh, Okay, Ghosts and Goblins. He owned Capcom. I'm sorry. He's the CEO. I love Ghosts and Goblins, but I think the NES port is awful. Really? I've played it to death. But it's janky. It's it's the collision detection is terrible. It, it's it's just one of those terrible Micronics games. It's one game where collision detection being bad is probably good for you. Uh, there was a, there was a, there was this period where Capcom because I get while... collided with a lot in that yeah. game. I just there is that, that I agree. But but Capcom made really great NES games eventually. But their first round of them, like 1942, Commando, Ghosts and Goblins, are all kind of just Mega jaggy Man. and. No, that that's later. The Mega that's no a, Mega Man is okay, part of the, it's the same, same series. Year, but yeah, but not the same people. It's a different. Mega Man was developed internally. Micronix created Ghosts and Goblins along with those other cruddy games. They they were apparently uncredited. Uh, yeah, it's but people have gone into the source code and figured it out. Interesting. So I wonder if there was any better port of Ghosts and Goblins than the NES version. Um, I've never played a I, better. I think it wasn't an exclusive old one. Um, no, there's there's a Commodore 64 version that's not bad. Oh, um, even the back of the box says well. Captain Commando Challenge Series. Yeah, the, the C64 version is actually pretty good. Do you guys remember renting games and then it have a little card in it that was written by somebody else that was like Captain Commando? It was like, I'm the instruction hero or something. Yeah, something like that. Do I don't remember, remember this, no. Yeah, because I would rent games from the the drugstore. Drug Town in Iowa City. <laughs> <laughs> drug town, go to Drug Town. Uh, and like yeah, each eat and this was universal because I went to other places that had you read the game and it had a little card in it. Guys, the next game is Gradius. Yeah. There's a quote from IGN.com in the book. Ah! I don't know. There's no writer, it just says IGN.com. Clean and crisp, this NES port worked with the technical limitations of the eight bit hardware and produced a faithful representation of the original arcade game. That sounds like a Jeremy Parishism. Maybe Matt Leon. That wasn't Jeremy. Could be Matt Leon. It could have been a Sam Claiborne. 
Is that a Sam Claiborne? Clean and crisp. Would you describe Gradius as clean and crisp? I think I didn't. Who just would do say that? that? I think I did. Well, it's a really good, really, really good uh, NES uh, game. No, I don't think that. Is. Well, well it could be me. I don't seeing know. this, I hope Life Force is in is on this list too. Yeah. That would have been from our top 100 NES games this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is Jeff Rovin's How to Win a Nintendo Games picture there too. Yeah, Gradius <clears throat> is a uh, awesome first game. Konami code. Uh, yeah, yeah, even before Contra. Mm-hmm. Here's a game I wish I would have played: Gremlins for the Atari 5200. Mm-hmm. This game looks really cool. I'm really into. There's also yeah. Gremlins on NES, but yep. it's different. But this one looks neat. It's like a Robotron with Gremlins in it, and I love the graphics. For I've, some reason, it looks great. I've played this. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's a lot like what you're describing. They call it one of the best movie-based. Like one of the best movie-based video games ever made. Who says that? The IGN. The author. The author. Uh, the, <laughs> it's I, just I, all IGN quotes from yeah. here on in. Yeah, it's yeah. IGN quotes. The whole thing. Uh, I love this game, Hero, for 2600. Ooh, uh, I never played this. It was an Tell acronym: me. Helicopter mm-hmm. Emergency Rescue Operation. Yep. So you, you're. Yeah, guy, exactly. And, yeah. and Mule. Oh, that's a great game. You're a guy, you have a jetpack, but your jetpack is really like a personal helicopter. So it's like a gyro pack. I don't know. And then oh. you use that to like dive down into these caves and find treasure. Or you're rescuing people, right? Yeah. yeah. And it works? Yeah, it works well. Oh, it's, it was it's, fun. It's, it's a late. Is this pre Inspector Gadget? It's a very. No, it's post Inspector Gadget, and it's a very late 2600 game. Yeah. And you have to avoid. Well, yeah, 84 is when that's it came crazy. out. You have to avoid. You think that's post Inspector Gadget? Sorry, Dan. No way. No way. Inspector Gadget was. I don't know. My brain doesn't work. Don't listen to me. But uh, you're right, Damon. And the fact that you descend, that's the yeah. key. Because you have to you have fall to fly, cautiously. You have to fly to descend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really cool idea. Like you jump into the air and then you fall down. Well, like you can, you can, you can hover in air, but you're moving yeah, downwards, yeah. right? Yeah. That's cool. That's uh, clever. Yeah. The Incredible Wizard for Astrocade. Yeah, again, this is a belly Astrocade game. I have no idea. It's a maze shooter. Not familiar with Ooh, this one. Like, like Wizard of War? Uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. Okay, so because Wiz- Wizard of War is is, uh, is a neat game, a spectacular port of Wizard of War. Oh, there we are. Oh, okay, yeah. Wizard of War is good. Like of- Although well, even better than Wizard of War is Crossroads yeah, Two Pandemonium. I mentioned earlier. Wizard of War is also a top one of mine. Indy Five Hundred for Atari Twenty Six Hundred. It's a 1977 early Twenty Six Hundred game. This is that one game of- looks like trash. Indy yeah. Five Hundred is. How would you not avoid good. the walls there? Uh, you can do it. You have a lot of maneuverability. <laughs> yeah, it's a paddle game. It just reminds me of Super Sprint. It's just like a blocky Super Sprint. Yeah, it's not good. I don't understand this choice. They got the indie license for it. Jawbreaker for the Atari 2600. This looks oh, like okay. the people that made uh, that luggage game. Okay, no, jaw, game. isn't this the one no, that... No, you just eat, eat food over and over again. I remember this game. Uh, yeah, I think... It's this, a maze it's game. It's a maze like... game, and it's C- I think Sierra actually created this. Like, it was done by by a contractor for Sierra at so some point. The developer and... is Tiger Vision, which right. is another a name, amazing name for it. Yeah, and I think there was this whole weird legal rigmarole with this. What he was doing was creating Pac-Man, and he created such a perfect Pac-Man port that Atari got mad about it, and they had to change everything. And then another company got mixed up. I don't remember. This whole story is told in um, in uh, Hackers, uh, but I forget the name. Uh, I forget the whole thing. Anyway, you can read about how Jawbreaker came to be you in the book. You mean the Angelina Hackers. Jolie movie? No, I mean the uh, Steve Levy book. Uh, the Steve Levy from Wired, uh, it, he wrote a really good book about early. Eugene Levy? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Steve Levy. I definitely played a lot of Joust on the 7800 with fr- with my friends. You had a 7800, Damon? Uh, my next-door neighbor did. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just felt bad for him, so you'd go play it? No, I like I was, I was into video games wherever <laughs> I could get them. We played Joust, Food Fight, yeah. yep. uh, Hero, Pitfall 2. We beat Pitfall 2. Oh, did you I get bet- the secret ending? Well, I don't, I don't remember at this point. I bet <laughs> I've bought some some of your friends 7800 games from yeah. thrift stores in Olathe. You could have, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, this, I think this is a pretty good port of Joust. I agree. Uh, 7800 Joust is good. 2600 Joust is not bad, honestly. You can't make Joust worse. Uh, oh, you, really, you, don't like, you don't like the Joust? No. 
You can make Joust worse. It's called Joust 2 Survival of the Fittest. That That game's awful. But I like Joust. I think Joust is good. That's as bad as Spy Hunter 2. No, I like games where you can, like, be, like, horrible to your friends, but you also have to kind of cooperate. There's supposed to be a Joust movie. I love that the the ground melts away, and then there's this lava monster. Yeah, it just reaches Awesome. Uh, Sam, the fun fact is, like Space Invaders, Joust had a pinball spinoff. It was called Joust Pinball in 83. Joust, uh, Defender... Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man and Qbert all had uh, uh, pinball tables that are really hard to find. My yeah. head just exploded. I did Defenders not know. Defenders at California Extreme. <laughs> I've uh, never seen Jared, any of some these. Some of Jared's head is all over me. Yeah. Now. Oh. Uh, our number 50 game is Junior Pac-Man for uh, 2600. Oh, game is trash. Technically impressive, but not fun. Not, not even in the arcades. It, was, it wasn't any good. Did they make um, this scroll? Yeah, they that made That was the thing in the arcades that... This is what's yeah. bad about it, is that it's like, oh, how do we make the maze bigger? We'll make it scroll so you can't see the damn ghosts yep. all the time. That's mm. the problem with this game. Sam Sam nailed it. It's a, it's a neat, technically impressive game for the 2600, but it's not fun. This is like this is like the episode one of Pac-Man. How would you like to see Pac-Man as a little boy? Yeah. And yet somehow... It's a Oswald joke. Have you ever played Pac-Man 2? No. Okay, so that's a weird. That's an adventure the game of Pac-Man. Gold. No, well, it, it might as well be. It's a game where you have. It's an adventure game, a graphical adventure for the Super Nintendo, where you control oh, Pac-Man that. and you shoot him with a slingshot to get him to do things. Yeah, it is that's more of a weird. Pac-Land sequel. I, I, it's called Pac-Man Two. <laughs> Got to have a sequel. <laughs> there are variations of Pac-Man that I like. I like Super Pac-Man a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Super uh, Pac-Man's so good. I like Super Pac-Man uh, as well. Uh, our uh, G- GM, Per Schneider, just uh, helped him find a Pac-Man cocktail table, but it's a Super Pac-Man cocktail table that's dedicated. It's really nice. Awesome. Uh, to cut it off at 50, Damon? Gen- yeah, I was just going to say that we're only halfway through and we're reaching uh, almost an hour point. So maybe we should split this into two parts. Maybe we'll put this up and see what the reaction is. Yeah. And if you, dear listeners, like... What we're what we're giving you here, what we're what we're feeding you. Let us know, and we'll record uh, part two worth games fifty one through one hundred with uh, such uh, games as Shark Shark, oh, Rambo, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. We have to do part two just so we can do <laughs> Pe- Shark Shark. Pepper Two is so good. Yeah. Uh, let's give a shout out to this guy and tell people to buy his book. Yeah, uh, the author is so Brett long. Weiss. Um, we're definitely having a lot of fun reading through the book. The book is available now. It's called The One Hundred Greatest Console Video Games, nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty seven. Let us know uh, if you enjoyed yourselves. Hit me up on Twitter, at DameZero. This is IGN GameScoop. Thanks for tuning in, and we're out. Scoop! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.